to this week's episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Osdre, as always by my co-host, Kevin Holm. Kevin, welcome to the off-season. How are we doing? It's been a minute. Yeah, and uh, this, is our, this is our first episode in studio. We are in 10,000 Takes stu- the studio right now, and we actually have a special guest on with us, Christian. Welcome to the pod, man. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful to be here, and you know, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, it's it's a great opportunity, not only for me, but um, you know, I I feel like the third and forever brand to uh, really get going under uh, ten thousand takes, and I think there's a lot of a lot of great things on the horizon. I'm I'm grateful to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, we we got in touch obviously. So you you came on as a as a blogger for ten thousand takes, uh, along with me and. And we got we got acquainted that way, and you you originally came on to help out with our with our social media, and I know you'll be a lot very active on that along with Kevin and myself. Um, but it, it's great to have you on. I know I want I basically want to start things by getting a little backstory on you. I know people know that I'm a Vikings fan. Kevin's a Packers fan. What's your kind of NFL background? Yeah. Um. So uh, my favorite NFL team is the Miami Dolphins, and. Yeah. Uh, I also am a big, big NFL draft enthusiast, huge, passionate fan of the NFL draft, which uh, it's a perfect episode for that, yep. right? Um, but also, as a Dolphins fan, you can see why I'm a big NFL draft fan, because we have nothing else to look forward to. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, it, it's it's fun to look into, and uh, coming on to 10,000 takes, a little bit of a background, I, I didn't go to school with any of the guys. I didn't know any of the guys personally. Uh, however, I did go to college at Winona State University, um, you know, Minnesota, represent. And I knew when I did broadcasting as my major, um, I actually met TJ Leverance, which is Jack's brother. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of got connected through social media. And, you know, it was just a great uh, a great way to get involved and, and meet some great guys. And, you know, it, it's fun, you know, being, being able to – speak your mind in, a, in an unfiltered way and talk about the things you're passionate about. There's nothing better. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. It, it's like I said, like, you know, I know we've talked off air, but you know, Kevin and I started this a couple of years ago as, as a way as like a therapy for our teams. You know, at that, at that point, I'm the Vikings went eight, seven, and one. I think the Packers were seven and nine that season. That sounds like seven, eight, and we one. We don't talk about that. And, and you know, I think so. That was a, you know, a way to like scream into the void. And I know as a Dolphins fan, with the exception of this past year, you know, didn't, didn't equate to a playoffs, but you probably should have been, um, you know, you definitely were a good enough team for it, but you haven't had a lot of success. And so I'm sure you've had a lot of pent up feelings, (laughs) you know, you have no idea. Yeah. Um, (laughs) seven and nine and eight, seven and one sound like the last, 15 years of my lifetime um you know in in this past year you mentioned it you know i I think there's a lot of excitement going on if you're a dolphins fan you have you have Tua tongue of iloa uh there's you know he's just one of those guys that you just feed off of you know and uh, i know there are the deshaun watson rumors and i i would not be opposed to pulling a top five quarterback into the organization as nor should you (laughs) right right um you know but with our defense and uh, with the amount of draft capital we have, I, I think that it's a really good opportunity for Miami to be able to take the next step. And we're sitting pretty well in cap space too. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't think we're quite to the level 
you know, I, I, I do feel like even though the Vikings had a little bit of a down year, I do feel like the Miami Dolphins and the Minnesota Vikings are fairly similar at this point. I do think the Vikings are a bit more talented skill player wise. Um, but nobody quite adds up to the Packers quite yet. But I mean, really, what's the point if you're just going to fold in the NFC championship? I, I mean, it, it's hard to match <laughs> the likes of Alan Lazard, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown. I mean, we have all the syllables in our wide <laughs> receiver names. You guys can't have any. No, we it's can't. Fine. JJ's enough. You That's know, fine. I, I, I will say, um, I, I am a little disappointed that Miami with a huge need at running back, uh, was n- they weren't able to bring home Aaron Jones? But I mean, um, Miami, Green Bay, which city's better? It's it's really up. You know, to- for damn sure he doesn't live in Green Bay. <laughs> you know, one lives, in, lives Green in Green Bay, Bay during the season. Come on, he lives near Green Bay during no. the season. No, but what I will I will give Miami credit. Like I I was big on Miami last season. I like during the season I had them in my playoffs. I thought, I mean, like, I think what Brian Flores is building down there is very, very sustainable. I mean, that is something that can carry over. It's not just like a, you know, oh, you know, we, we got a good year because the Patriots were down. Like, no, I, I think, I mean, they are, they are division contenders. I, I don't, I've, I got attacked a bunch by Bill's Mafia a little bit last off season. Oh yeah. Because never mentioned it because I make one comment saying that Josh Allen Going into year three, needs to make that step. He needs to make that next step. And he did. I have said he did make that step, but they were quick on me being like, what are you talking about? Josh Allen, like, he's already there. He's already there. I'm like, no, he wasn't, but okay. But now he's there. The funny thing is that, you you know, you bring that up, and that was my life with Ryan Tannehill for so many years. Mm. You know how many times I I logged in uh, to my computer and went to NFL.com and saw an article, top five players to make the jump this season? Number one, Ryan Tannehill. Like three years in a row. How how pissed does that make you feel now? <laughs> he like, just needed Derrick Henry. How, I mean, oh, and to get away from Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. Everyone right. does need to get oh, away from Adam Gase. At Adam Gase, <laughs> I, I I just can't say enough bad things about him. Um, you know, you and, and honestly, you know, being a Dolphins fan, Ryan Tannehill caught a lot of heat from a lot of Dolphins fans, and and at times it was warranted. Yeah. But I do feel like from uh, you know, from a fan base standpoint, there are two players that the Miami Dolphin fans will always kind of have a soft spot for. One is Ryan Tannehill, and the other is Jarvis Landry. For some reason, we just we love those guys. And you know what? If we're not playing against them in the playoffs or in the regular season, we will always root for those two. Yeah, I I don't know why. Like it. Do you think that like Devontae Parker is going to get that kind of treatment that like a Jarvis Landry? I mean, he's talked about it. It seems like in the same kind of you know. I will breath. tell I will tell you right now that Devontae Parker could not hold a fucking candle to <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Oh, like man. I I stand by that, and I will tell you right now. Like honestly, Jarvis Landry was the best wide receiver Miami has had in my lifetime like i wasn't around i I mean i'm 29 years old i wasn't alive for clayton and duper you know so uh and yes we brought in brandon marshall for a year yeah we brought in mike wallace for a year like but i mean and shout out to badger fans chris chambers was kind of dope back in the day but like 
really, we've always been a running team. We've had great running backs. Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown. Yeah, you Ricky know. Williams. Um, oh, man. I want to retract but, that shout-out to Badger fans. We are <laughs> we are anti-Badger. We are pro-Gopher show that's, here. That's fair. I'll, I'll retract my statement. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Um, Suck I, it, Aberderis. No, I, I, think it's, I think it's a fun time <laughs> no, to a be. Minute. It's a fun time to be a Miami Dolphins fan. Uh, you know, I, we – I will say I was a little sad to see Fitzpatrick go, but I am extremely happy for him to get an opportunity to start in uh, for the Washington football team. Yeah. And, Why did um, you pronounce the second half of his name like that? Like, pass, pass. Fitz magic. Sorry, sorry. He, uh, he. You know what? He did pull some magic in that Raiders game with the face mask. Everybody knows it. Oh, I um, mean, he's unbelievable. He, he... It, it was, it was incredible. And honestly, I never truly believed in the Fitz magic until that play where he kept our season alive. If we lose that game, we're going into Week 17 with nothing to play for. And even though we got absolutely curb stomped by Buffalo Week 17. At least we had something to play for. Miami finishes ten and six with a rookie quarterback and a lack of you know talent on the offensive side. I, I'm excited to see what they do in the draft with two firsts and two seconds. Uh, shout out Bill O'Brien, thanks for those. Um, you know, and, and honestly, uh, it, it's a fun time to be a Dolphins fan. Yeah, I mean, I. It's always nice. Like you have to think that. You know, you're not in that purgatory like the Jets have been. The Texans are currently, even though they have a franchise quarterback, a top five kind of quarterback. But for now, for now, for now. But like, uh, you know, the Bears. I, I feel like you're not, you're not stuck in like a. You can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think Dolphins fans can, and I think it's it's very fair to say that because the the division, you know, the the wicked witch is gone. You know, I, I think that you can. I I still think that. The Patriots are not to be taken lightly be, as long as Bill Belichick is still there because that would just be stupid to do so. But, uh, I and mean... The, and the spending spree. Yeah, time. and then the spending spree, which we'll, we'll, we'll dive... Once once free agency kind of wraps up, we're going to really go into it and all about the the shocks and the and the big news. But what we will talk about is the is the, is the the coaching changes because we haven't done that yet. But what I want to say is that I, I'd be optimistic as a, as a Dolphins fan. I think... There, there are a lot worse places to be as a fan. You could be sitting like wondering, what is my team doing? Where am I going? What's happening? Right. Don't really know. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know a lot of and the issue with being a Dolphins fan that this past year has brought is yes, you know Brady Brady left the division and that was a godsend, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it finally opened it up, but then all of a sudden Josh Allen has this emergence of a year Mm -hmm. and he finally took the step took the next jump if you will took the next step and it's just one of those things where it's like you know what if i have to go through this again you know and and i was looking at i was staring the the barrel right in the barrel when the jets i thought they were going to go 0 16 i thought they were going to get trevor lawrence you know and and Mm -hmm. we were you know all the miami dolphins fans are sitting there and they win a game and we're celebrating like we just won the damn Super Bowl because we know that the Jets aren't going to get Trevor Lawrence anymore. Yeah. Um. But now, and Adam, I know we'll talk a little about you know maybe a little later, but uh, they're in a prime position to get Zach Wilson. Absolutely. And and you know I I I was curious about that with you because so you're at three and say the the Jets either trade back 
or they take a Penny Sewell or a Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. I mean, God, they might. <laughs> I don't Who know. Um, and, and so if they don't take Zach Wilson and he's there, are you that confident in Tua? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am personally. Is Brian Flores that confident in Tua? Uh, and I think he is. Uh, you know, I, I do. That's a great question because it's it's been brought up a lot this offseason, obviously. Yeah. And I feel like Miami, I, I feel like the Arizona Cardinals fucking ruined everything. They had a quarterback that they drafted in the top 10. They drafted Josh Rosen, yeah. 10th overall. And then all of a sudden, they have the number one pick. They bring in Cliff Kingsbury. And they take Kyler Murray. Yep. So it's a little bit different of a situation because they brought in a new coach. Maybe he wanted his guy, right? Yeah. Um, and Kyler was well well worth the number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. He's shown that, and that's Significantly great. better than Josh Rosen. He, he's incredible, right? He's, <laughs> he's, you, he's, an, he's an incredible so dare you. Um, so I do think Another since, dolphin, since Brian— Another dolphin legend, Josh yeah, Rosen. Exactly. <laughs> We've gone through them all. Um so with Brian Flores actually drafting Tua, I yeah. do think that does make it a little different. And if Zach Wilson's there, I think that's even better for Miami because they're going to get an absolute king's ransom to trade back. Yeah, I mean, well, because you know the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons are a big number at four. Is to d- 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 take a quarterback, whether they do or not. Whether it's it's if they want to commit to Matt Ryan, which sure. they might. I mean, he's not he's not a spring chicken, you know, but he's still got a few good years left. And it's like, do we give him a a foundational piece in Rashawn Slater or Penny Sewell uh, for a tackle? Or do you give him another weapon like Jamar Chase or someone like that? You know, it makes you wonder. I don't, I don't know, but they're probably taking quarterback for sure. I would think between the Lions, Eagles, uh, Broncos – they're taking a quarterback if one of the if one of those top three are there. Right, and what's fun about this NFL draft is there are so many quarterback needy teams. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, a couple buddies of mine and I, you know, we went through and you know, you can talk about a lot of teams that just need quarterbacks. You know, the Lions just traded for Goff, but it doesn't. Well, they really just traded away Stafford for first round picks and right. got Goff, but. <laughs> Um, and you his know, contract. It, it, yeah, in his contract. <laughs> but there's absolutely no stopping the Lions from drafting a quarterback if, no. if one if one presents itself. So uh, I do, but I will say, it's not even necessarily that teams would jump the Falcons. The Falcons could jump up to three yeah. if they feel that somebody's going to jump them. A situation that the Chicago Bears did oh, a few years ago when they moved from three to two to, two yeah. to take. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, right? Yeah, yeah, Deshaun yeah. Watson, That's right? who it should have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, yeah, yeah. I don't fault them for the not Patrick Mahomes because... For eh, sure. but For sure. But maybe Deshaun but what, Watson... Deshaun, I give them 100% shit for. 100%. <laughs> That's un- inexcusable. Yeah, so, I mean, and even... <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest. Like, if Miami is able to... Even if, even if you know, Wilson goes at number two, you still have two solid quarterbacks. Even three, if you consider Mac Jones in the conversation with Fields and... Um, Trey Lance, but if they're able to move back, gain some extra draft capital, maybe even the next year, uh, I'm all I'm all for that because so many quarterbacks, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Schefter tweeted today that you can take it to the bank that four quarterbacks are going to the top six or seven. If that's the case, then Miami, no matter where they trade back to, as long as it's in the top 10 to 12, they're going to have a very quality 
uh, player on the board for them if they're able to trade back. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I, I think that that's a good good basis for now, and I think I I, I know what people are waiting for, and it's the interview with with Trevor Sikama. Uh, we were extremely fortunate to be able to sit down with Trevor for close to an hour. I mean, he is the coolest dude ever. Uh, he sat down with us, talked all things football, Marvel, um, barbecue. I mean, we, we went through it all. And and Christian, I know you were a big part in getting Trevor on this show. And so I, I think, you know, it's someone we could have on again in the future. But Trevor Sycamore, if you're not familiar with him, he's a senior NFL writer for the Draft Network, uh, co-host of Locked On NFL Draft. He really, really cool dude. Um, but without further ado, let's get to the interview with Trevor Sikama. You can follow him at, at Tampa Bay Trey. All right, interview time. All right, and for the first time, we have a guest on the pod. We have Trevor Sikama. He's a senior NFL writer for the Draft Network, co-host of Locked On NFL Draft. Trevor, how we doing? We I we are doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. First guest, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's yeah, pressure. Man. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it beforehand. I wanted to let you get the organic reaction from you. So you are you are our very very first guest on Third and Forever here, presented by Ten Thousand Takes. Uh, Christian, you actually know a little bit of backstory about Trevor. So why, I'm going to let you kind of dive in, just kind of give give the audience a little feel about who Trevor is. Yeah, you know, and and Trevor can obviously speak better for himself, but you know, from me following you for the past few years on social media, uh, you know, I've I've grown for you to be one of my favorite follows, absolutely no doubt. And being a draft enthusiast myself, someone that's very passionate about it, you know, and and I would even go to say, you know, what you and uh, you know, Jordan and Ben and Paige and 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 the rest of those guys have done at at the Draft Network. Um, I would totally put you in the likes of, you know, those like McShay and Kuiper, you know, maybe names that people are a little more familiar with. Uh, but I think after the show today, I, I you know, I'm really hoping a lot of people, uh, you know, you guys are a little bit more of a household name. Well, I really appreciate the kind words. I do. You know, we're, we're, we're just grinding away, trying to make a business out of it, but having a lot of fun doing it. I also appreciate you saying that you enjoy my tomfoolery on Twitter because often that's just kind of my place to escape and fire off some jokes, make people laugh, but of course talk a lot of football as well. And so, um, I mean, that's I, what Twitter should be, you know? You know, I mean, it's, it's that's I, I gave up fighting with people on Twitter like yeah. years <laughs> ago because it just, you know, I, I'll always go back and forth with people when I have differing opinions when it comes to football or whatever it is, as long as it's respectful and fun. But uh, I can't log on Twitter anymore and then have a bad time. Like, I just I no. just won't let myself do it. And so I'm always trying to make people laugh. I'm always trying to give people a little bit of entertainment with some of the sports that they love. And so uh, I'm glad that you guys appreciate it. Then that means that it's, it's doing at least something right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, anybody that doesn't follow you at Tampa Bay Trey, Right. So, yep. mm-hmm. uh, you know, follow Trevor. But Trevor, you know, uh, you know, as kind of a startup group like us, you know, maybe you were there at one time. Uh, why don't you give us a little idea of uh, how the draft network got started and, you know, what your mindset was going into that and some pretty cool features that maybe our viewers and listeners uh, can look into now that we're leading up to the NFL draft. Sure. Yeah. Well, if you haven't heard of the draft network before and, you know, you guys talking about where you've kind of come with this podcast and how you all have gotten to those seats where where you're hosting stuff now. I mean, that's a very similar journey 
that I had and, and, and now with, with TDN. At the time, I was working at Peter Report. I was covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers full-time as a beat reporter for them, but I've always had a big love for the draft. I mean, it goes back to the early high school days. I was a big Madden kid, and so I'd play Madden all the time, and I'd just run through so many different franchise modes and fantasy drafts and everything. But, of course, after the first season, you always get to that off-season portion, and in comes the draft, and in comes improving your team and getting better in different ways, and that's what really piqued my interest for it. And then... I got into the NFL draft in real life. I remember covering uh, a lot of early drafts right outside of college is probably when I started doing it really seriously. And so even though I was working for Peter Report at the time, I always had a big affinity towards the draft. I, I, I you know, It was something that I obsessed about year round. And thankfully, my boss at Peter Report, Scott Reynolds, he was also a big draft nut. I, I realized that you know when it came to certain online and newspaper outlets, they would cover the team in season and they would do it very, very well. But when the off season rolled around, like, yeah, they'd cover a coaching change and they'd cover free agency. But for the draft, all they'd really do is, you know, report on whoever the team like actually drafted. But Scott, my boss at Peter report, like he loved the whole process. He loved the senior bowl, the East West shrine game, looking at who might be the options. Like, okay, they need a tight end. I don't want to just know about the tight end they pick. I want to know about other tight ends that are in the class. We want to talk about, was this the right pick? We want to have our own opinions. And so he definitely uh, fueled the flame a little bit there, keeping that passion alive the whole time that I was a beat reporter. And, um, you know, I think it was about my second year with Peter report. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to a uh, fellow Bucks fan, JC Cornell. And and we chatted for a little bit about our love for the Buccaneers when I first met him and our, also our love for the NFL draft too. And, um, you know, we kind of combined forces, got some helping hands in with us. Joe Marino, uh, yeah. Kyle Krabs, John Ledyer. There were Krabs a lot of people my that Dolphins were... Guy. There, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I know that he's definitely your, your Dolphins guy. And so that was kind of the team that we originally started with the draft network and we just started from nothing. We, we just said like, Hey, you know, we're all like you said, you're a Dolphins fan. Kyle's a Dolphins fan. Joe's a Bills fan. John was a Steelers fan. I was a Bucks fan. You know, we all came from different areas. We all absolutely love the NFL draft. And Kyle was doing big things with NDT scouting as well. And we've all kind of popped around and had things that we had written for, for the draft, but we decided to kind of come under one roof and kind of unite it, make a website of our own. And now TDN, man, what it is today, it, it's unbelievable. We've got probably, four times the amount of people on staff you know we got a full social team we've got a graphics team uh, we got an amazing mock draft machine now that we work with a prospect database of over 400 prospects that come out for every single draft cycle i mean it's wild it's it's yes something that i dreamed about when i first was helping start tdn but where it is now is something that's really special and it's a lot of fun and it's cool to get to wake up and go to work every day and work with some incredible people uh getting to do as well like you know locked on nfl draft that i do with benjamin solak every single day i mean that's a blast now now i'm doing tdn full-time i'm no longer doing pewter port don't live in tampa anymore but that's kind of how tdn started it, it was really kind of the same thing just having a vision having a dream loving to talk about the nfl draft and saying hey why don't we do something you know like why don't we write a little bit about it why don't we podcast a little bit about it and that's how it began and now tdn's man Places that have, I don't want to say that I never thought it could be because I always knew that it could be special, but it's well on its way. I'm having a blast working for them. Yeah, go ahead. A absolutely, man. I mean, like, I, I don't know about anyone else here, but I'm sure you agree. As as hardcore fans as we are as our teams, I know we talked a little beforehand. I'm a Vikings fan, hence the sweatshirt. Kevin to my my right here is a Packers fan. Um, 
you know, and, and with Christian being a Dolphins fan, what do we do in the offseason? We we mock draft. We we find ways like how can if we were the GM, right? It, you know, if I was Rick Spielman, how am I going to improve the Vikings? And like, clearly, I'm the smartest guy I know. I mean, when it comes to the Vikings, <laughs> right. so like every fan says, so it's like this is clearly the right way to do it. So I I do mock drafts. I mean, every every single day, multiple times a day, and it's like almost I'm driving myself crazy, but. The, the ability to do that on, on you know, the draft network is just something that it's like it, it helps fill the void between that long offseason that we have to go through right now. And the draft, the free agency helps kind of filling the gaps of like excitement. Um, but I, it, it gives us hope as fans. Because, you know, unlike unlike your bucks we we can't sit here and say we just won the super bowl you know we, we can't so yeah, we're some like some of us really can't say that <laughs> yeah, we, some of us got pretty close yeah <laughs> two years in a row um and so we we can't just sit there and, and be like you know it's it, there's 31 losers and so i i think it gives it gives those fans a shred of hope and lets us drink the purple kool-aid as we say here in minnesota and <laughs> And you know, getting ready for August and and training camp when that starts up again. And I'm but. and I'm and I'm glad that you say that because that's the whole reason why we really wanted to push to make things like the mock draft machine exist. We wanted mm-hmm. to give people a fun, interactive way to, like you said, you know, become the GM. And it, it's it's a much easier way, and it's a much more fun way, I think, to learn about some of the prospects in this class. You know, you don't have to just read scouting reports that are a bunch of words on the page. You know, you can instead go to a fully interactive machine and say like. Well, okay, like, what if we are on the clock at number 14 and, and these guys are on the board? It gives you that chance to get the heart beating, get the blood flowing, like have a little bit of fun with it, make the decision, you know? And so that's what it's all about. We have a motto at the Draft Network. It's called Be the Expert. And, and that's what we want to do. Of course, myself, Kyle, Joe, like everybody gets to cover the draft and like that's what we do for a living, but a lot of the content that we provide, a lot of the things we do, a lot of the work that we do behind the scenes, it's for our users. It's for the people who go to thedraftnetwork.com. We come up with a 400-player database because when you use the mock draft machine, if you're just a casual fan and you go, well, I don't really know who they should pick at number 14. I guess they need an edge rusher, but I don't really know anything about these edge rushers. You can go to the column. You can select the edge position. You can click on every single player, and there will be a full scouting report of exactly what you see there. Speed rushers, power rushers, guys who are ready right now, guys who are more raw and have higher athletic ceiling. We tell you all of that stuff, what kind of system they fit in, what kind of coaches they would work well with. It's all there. And so we wanted to come up with a product that no matter how much of a fan you were, whether it was a casual fan that kind of just watches on Sundays or whether you're a diehard fan that tries to find new content, new things to read, new things to digest every single day, even in the offseason, we wanted to give that that person, whoever they are, a product that could really help them love the offseason, love the draft, love their team even more. And so hopefully we've done a good job doing that. You absolutely have. I mean, it. you know, I, I'm one of the fans that I, I take every anything and everything during the offseason. I mean, it. I'm finding myself reading the weirdest articles, like by I don't know who. I, I I go down a rabbit hole, and it's something that I'm like, I gotta do it, and I don't know why I do it. But you're paying you're paying it. my bills, so I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> you know, like you having that attitude is paying yeah. my bills. So yeah, okay. I, I'm not alone in that. I know I'm not alone. So and and talking about fandom in the off season, uh, I w- I want to hijack a moment here to give myself some ability to sleep at night. Uh, we mentioned I'm a Packer fan. 
can you lie to me and just tell me that the draft is going to go really well this year? <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of good players for them to select. They just don't know if they're going to do that, it. That's, that's, that's not that. what I'm asking, Trevor. I know there are plenty of good players. There's always plenty of good players. I just, you know, I, certainly when you look at the Packers, them picking at the back end of the first round, you know, we just joked about it there, but like there's a lot the of good options. Time. And yeah. I and I think that they, you know, what whatever they want to go, you know, if they don't pick up the impact wide receiver they want to get here in free agency, there's a chance where they could get a really dynamic one. A Rondell Moore, a Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, something like that at the back end of the first round that I think really compliments them having Devontae Adams, Bobby Tunyon, and um and Alan Lazard, guys like that. Actually, you know, that's how dare I forget Marquez Valdez Scantling because he is a USF, he is a Tampa native. I didn't want oh, to snub right. him right there. Yeah. But you know, like you look, you look at on the defensive end too. There's interior defensive linemen to pick. You know, Tommy Tungi, mm-hmm. the def- interior defensive tackle from Ohio State. I think he'd be perfect for what the Packers are looking for, especially for a team that needs to get more stout up front on the defensive line to stop the run. There's linebacker options there, and Nick Bolton, the Zayvon Collins, a Baron Browning. Where you can look at a lot of different players. You know, do you want more of a plug and play guy, or do you want more of a higher athletic upside? There's probably going to be a lot of options for them, and then. Secondary as well. If Greg Newsom makes it to number 29, I think he's got to be really high on their board as a corner that they could play on the outside. Mm-hmm. Newsom's got an attitude to him. Him and Jair Alexander in the same secondary, I think would be a lot of fun. And so for any Packers fans who might follow you and who are out there listening, there is hope. I don't know if they're going to deliver it so, to you, so, but so there is hope. take another quarterback. You're, <laughs> you're not going to use your first three selections on guys that just didn't play. Granted, the third guy, he got hurt. I'll yeah, give him that. I'll give you, but he's true. a fullback. That you took, so I don't know how good a value that is. But He's playing three D chess and but, the rest of the league playing chess. See, I can only say this because you know we, we, it's not like we did that great, but we we did pretty good in the draft. We've done we've done pretty good in the in the draft. Name At least one guy named Justin. That turned yeah. Out well. Um. In in terms of finding value, Rick's. I feel like Rick is always very very good at finding value at players. I mean, kind of you know the diamonds in the rough, but. Kind of in that, is there, I know we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about diamonds in the rough and a little, you know, good value you can find. And do you, is there someone that, that no one really is talking about? I mean, obviously we know all the big names, but is there some, there are people that are kind of just flying on the radar that are going to sneak up on teams this upcoming year? Well, under the radar are guys that people aren't talking about. Uh, that's kind of subjective, right? Because if you ask like a, a crazy draft nut who, reads our site 24 seven i'd probably have to go to like page 10 on our prospect <laughs> report mm-hmm. list to find a guy to talk about that they don't know but i'll talk about some mid-round guys that i really like i mean if people don't know tylen wallace at this point the wide receiver from oklahoma state he's a really fun one he is a smaller wide receiver right around 5 six foot but he plays like he's six five i mean like that's how he wins he's just an explosive catch it in the air stud kind of a receiver incredible body control had amazing stats for two years before he tore his acl i mean like he he's a guy that i'd love oklahoma state ran their entire passing offense through tylen wallace for every chance that they had basically over the last three years and he continued to deliver for him even after he tore his acl so he's a guy that i really like Demetric felton's another player that is very interesting he was at the senior bowl i think he really put on a show as a former running back who's now kind of this gadget running back wide receiver you remember Curtis Samuel coming out? He is now a, a full-time wide receiver, but he played a lot out of the backfield at Ohio State. I feel like Demetri Felton is kind of in that same role where you could play him out of the backfield. You could play him as a slot wide receiver, and he definitely showed that at the Senior Bowl. Another guy that I like is Chaz Surratt, UNC linebacker. 
he's a Talk former. Talk dirty to me, Trevor. He is Talk a, dirty to me. <laughs> he's a former quarterback. He actually, you know, and when I say former quarterback, I don't mean that he played quarterback in high school. He did, but he also played quarterback at UNC. He was recruited to be a quarterback at UNC, was a quarterback for the first two years there, flipped over to linebacker in, I believe it was his red shirt sophomore year. Was it his junior year? I can't remember. His third year there at UNC, he flipped over to linebacker in the first year that he played there. He was like second in the ACC in tackles. And the guy just is a natural about it. He's a very good athlete, but he also, I think, really shows you that when it comes to playing in coverage, he knows how to read quarterbacks because he's mm-hmm. been in those shoes before. And I think that he's a very interesting prospect. I think he's still got some things that he needs to iron out because, for example, I was at the HOA Combine down in Miami a couple of weeks ago because there's no Combine this year, and so we're trying to figure out things about prospects and uh, in a couple of different places where they've been training have been putting on these events for them. Down in Miami, Chas Surratt was down there, and the dude bench-pressed 225 28 times, which is like stupid strong for a linebacker of his size, but he also bulked up a little bit to around 230, and he didn't run the time he wanted to. He ran about a 4.72, 4.74 in the 40-yard dash. And you go like, okay, that's that's not what you want because he, he shows up faster on tape. So I think he's still trying to figure out what his comfortable play, weight, play style is as a linebacker. But I think the natural ability is right there. So those are a handful of guys that just kind of off the top of my head. Uh, I'd love for people to know because in the mid-round, their name is going to pop up. And if they pop up to your team, you should really look into them because I think they got high ceilings. For sure. And, um, you know, you're, you mentioned a couple mid-round guys, and uh, we want to bring up a guy that you're probably pretty familiar with that at the beginning of the year, at the college football season, maybe even halfway, even towards the end, we would never have considered him maybe a mid-round guy. But I think now that we're looking at the draft and maybe we look at a couple mock drafts, Kyle Trask, kind of a name that's popping up more in the middle rounds. Uh, you know, what? what's your opinion on him? And you're a Florida Gator. Yeah. So do you, do you have a soft spot for him? <laughs> do you... Uh, you know, is he the real deal? Do you think that he's going to be a quality starter or is he kind of like, you know, just a, just a career backup? Uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting because I graduated from the university of Florida. So I, I, I watch every single Florida Gator game there is. And I remember when Trask was getting recruited to Florida and I watched his high school tape at Texas. And, uh, you know, most people who know Tra- Kyle Trask know the narrative by now. He didn't even start in high school, but that's because De'Eric King was at the same high school and he started over him. So De'Eric King, of course, in high school, much more dynamic quarterback as a runner. They're going to start De'Eric King. They had a lot of success doing it. So Kyle Trask didn't even really start in high school. That's why he didn't have a lot of offers. Florida gave him the offer. He came over and I was like, man, this kid throws with a touch. Like he throws with rare touch. He understands things pretty well. And so when Felipe Franks was still at Florida and when Felipe Franks was bad, continuously i kept saying like give me give us kyle trask like just let us see what we got in kyle trask well it took a little bit longer than we wanted to but trask came in and you know he showed us what he showed us as a recruit he had fantastic touch on the ball he had a really nice accuracy and when it came to timing and rhythm routes he was fantastic at throwing it now you get him more of a starter and you put him under an nfl draft microscope and you go okay he doesn't really have an NFL arm and he doesn't because people talk about arm strength all the time right they like to correlate arm strength with distance they like to say oh if you can get the ball this far down the field that equates to arm strength and arm strength is actually broken up into two different things yes distance is one of them but velocity is another and I would tell you that distance is easier to manipulate and to achieve 
for someone that has a lower tier of an arm strength than it is for velocity. You cannot fake velocity. So velocity is much more of a natural trait. Kyle Trask can, you know, tilt his arm back and he can throw the ball at a certain trajectory to where he can get the ball 60 yards downfield. In fact, um, I can't remember who did this at Pro Football Focus earlier this offseason. Might have been Seth Galina or Austin Gale or Mike Renner. I, I cannot remember who it was, but they took the furthest throw distance wise of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Kyle Trask. And Trask had the longest throw of any of them. Air yards of 62 yards. People go like, oh, look, arm strength. He's got it. Let's wrap it up. All of right. those concerns, they don't <laughs> exist. It's not true because if you go watch the Oklahoma game and if you watch a lot of areas where Kyle Trask struggled, he can't fit a football through a football-sized window, if you will. He cannot rocket a pass over the middle exactly where it needs to be between two linebackers. He just does He does not have velocity. And so, unfortunately for Kyle Trask, what we see is what we're going to get in the NFL. I think you, know, you talk about, like, yeah, he could become a better pro. Sure, but he was already successful at really nice touch passes. He already had decent accuracy. He already had good anticipation and timing on his throws. It's the things that you really cannot teach – that Kyle Trask doesn't have. And so because of that, you see the ceiling for Trask. And the ceiling, I think, is a career backup quarterback. I don't think that he is ever going to be a consistent starter, maybe a spot starter here and there throughout his career, but I think he's destined to be a career backup. And that's why you just you you don't you don't spend high draft capital on a player like that. You just don't. Right. So, so you don't feel that I'm just, I'm just kind of spitball. I know like as a mid round flyer, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to call that, you know, maybe a team that has, you know, maybe four or five fourth and fifth round picks, you know, between the two rounds. Um, who might that be? I, I, who might that be? I don't know. I just, it just is someone that it might intrigue you a little bit. If you were to take someone like, you know, like a Kyle Trask or maybe a Jamie Newman or mm-hmm. someone that's not, not a whole lot of established you know they don't have the college career of of some of these more established sure. starters, um, but there could be projects. They could be someone if you already have an established starter to sit behind for three, four years, mm-hmm. and maybe he might not develop that velocity. Or he won't have that velocity. But if his mind, I feel like if his mind gets to where it needs to be, mm-hmm. you can always find ways to you know creatively fit the ball where it needs to be. You know you don't have to always you, you know you won't. There's physical limitations, but. There's been plenty of quarterbacks that have physical limitations that have been very successful. This is a great question, and I'm and I'm glad that you asked it because there's a difference. You know, when you look at a guy like Kyle Trask, there is a difference between looking at him and looking at Kellen Mond. When you what you are describing to me right there is, hey, why don't you take a mid round flyer in this guy? You know, like let him sit behind an obvious entrenched starter, let him get in the NFL, let him have months years seasons in the film room working on his timing working on his throwing motion working on his accuracy all that kinds of stuff let let him do that like take a flyer on that guy he could develop into something if you want to say that about Kellen Mond I would agree with you I think you take Kellen Mond in the mid rounds and you you look at him and you go okay because of his physical abilities what we have seen by him before there are some throws that Kellen Mond has made in just 2020 they were stupid just like I don't know how he fires the ball as fast as he does, and he no one's talking about it. Right, no one talks about him. Right, in a, as a as an actual quarterback prospect. Right, in the SEC too. Yeah, and the reason why that's be, the reason why no one's really talking about him is because the overall accuracy is yeah. not good. Now, Kellen yeah. Mond has had a long career as Texas A&M starter. He's had four years to really put out some tape. 
he has absolutely gotten better from his first year as a starter to right now. No doubt about it. That's why you pick a guy like this, because the accuracy has not been there for him, but the physical ability allows his ceiling as a quarterback to be a lot higher. So there is a chance that more reps, better coaching, better recognition, all of uh, uh, a more compact throwing motion, better footwork, all of these things can then unlock what is the physical, natural abilities of his arm and his legs because he is mobile as well. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask, on the other hand, this is the other side of the coin. Trask doesn't gain anything from time. He already is who he is. He is what we would call a high floor but low ceiling player because there's not a lot of things that time is going to be able to help him with. A couple years down the road is not going to make his arm any more explosive. It's not going to make him any faster or more agile, more explosive as a runner. It's just these things aren't going to happen for him. Is he, again, going to be what I think is going to be a decent backup in the NFL? Is he a player that maybe you take a a mid-round flyer on to have as your QB2 or your QB3, a guy to come in, get valuable preseason time, maybe play some snaps in case the quarterback goes down with an injury here and there? Yes, I think that that is all possible and good as a reality. But there's definitely a difference between taking a mid-round flyer on Kyle Trask and taking a mid-round flyer on Kellen Mond. It just, Mm -hmm. you have to see it the right way with those kinds of guys. Absolutely. Um, while we're still on quarterbacks, I want to ask, you know, I, I have to ask it. Um, I know you've been asked this many times, I'm sure, uh-huh. or you've kind of gone over this a lot, right? I, we all know who's going to be going number one. Mm-hmm. We know who's going to be going number one in the draft, but I want to know like who, in your opinion, who your actual QB one is and why is his name Zach Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> because like, come on, like. Like you, you talk about arm explosion, you know how how much how the ball comes off his hand, mm-hmm. and some of the throws, the 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 you know off, you know the it's the off his back foot, it's it's right. the not his feet aren't set, but right. he's still getting the ball there. And yeah, I know, I know, it was not against great defenses, but like was Patrick Mahomes against great defenses at <laughs> Texas Tech? No, I mean like. <laughs> It's a little different, but like, it's is it really that much different? Trevor Lawrence is my QB one, and it's it's not really close. There, it's okay. not that he Love is that. a perfect prospect, but the ability that he has shown you over the last couple of years, consistently at one of the highest levels, has been pretty unbelievable. So he's QB one without a doubt. Zach Wilson is QB two for me though, and Fields okay. is very right. cl- Fields is very close behind that. These two are neck and neck they really are Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean wilson deserves to be in that in that same category now of course when you look at wilson you look at a couple things all right level of competition but even deeper than level of competition he played behind a really good byu offensive line a really Mm -hmm. underrated byu offensive line and so there are plenty of times where zach wilson will hike the ball and yeah you go wow look how calm and cool he looks in the pocket yeah yeah, ain't nobody pressuring him there ain't nobody (laughs) my guards coastal carolina gave him some fits i will say there's nobody they they got into his face right and there's normally not even anybody close to him however in those times where there is pressure and he does get have to get off platform he's scrambling out of the pocket what Wilson does really well is he continues to keep his eyes downfield. He's he is very comfortable and very good throwing off of an non-ideal uh, platform to throw. Like if, if he can't get his feet set, if he can't get his shoulder square, if he sees like okay, this wide receiver is about to hit this window in zone coverage, I just have to get rid of this ball and fling it across my chest. He can and he hits it. Right. Uh, one of the talk my, about stupid throws. Right. Yeah. And and one of my favorite things about Zach Wilson this past year, which is both exciting and also dangerous, 
is one of my favorite traits for him was his confidence this past year. Every time he touched the ball, you were confident in what he was going to do. You were confident in the play. Maybe he wasn't going to make the right, the exact read. Maybe he wasn't going to see the defense exactly the way that he needed to, but you had confidence that he was going to make a play. You had confidence that the ball was in his hand for a reason and he was going to do something good with it. So that's, I say that that's exciting and worrisome because there are times in the NFL where if you don't have that confidence right off the bat, which is no guarantee, what do you then become? And I think I'm, I'm okay with it with Wilson because he has shown it consistently over the last couple of years. That was honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys, a, a big worry of mine with Joe Burrow because I remember I did a, I used to do a column called Five Play Prospect where I would look at five plays of a guy, you know, they'd be good and bad, and I would explain, hey, here's here is the identity of this prospect in five plays, both what they do well, what they struggle with, what to get excited about, what their ceiling might be. And I did this for Joe Burrow midway through the season in 2019. He had five throws, five exact, I'm not kidding you guys, exact throws in 2019 that he made on a dime that he missed the year before. And I go, okay, what do I do with this? Because do I really think that this guy got this much, like this drastically better? Or do I think that he was playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the country with one of the best receiving cores in the country and one of the best running games in the country? Did Mm -hmm. I really think that Joe Burrow took a giant leap as a prospect? Or do I just simply believe that he believed he was invincible and he played like it? Yeah. That was something that that was something that was tough for me. And I think that my truth was I don't want to say somewhere in the middle because it was more it was more leaning towards Burrow actually being good, at Burrow actually getting better. And that's still where I am with Zach Wilson, but it does leave a bit of, a little bit of room for doubt just what this guy is going to be at the next level because you know, if he goes to the Jets guys at number 2 overall, the Jets O-line sucks. I mean, like, the right. Jets O-line is objectively bad. So think about you going to the NFL. The speed of defense is not only ramped up, but also your offensive line and the margin for success with your offensive line is objectively worse. Your running game is also probably objectively worse. And so does that rattle his confidence? If it does, where is the adversity? Like, what is the – how far back does he go in his ability is before he stands his ground and is able to take adversity and then kind of make steps forward into progress? All of these things go on the table with it. This isn't something that's unique to Zach Wilson, but him being this one-year wonder-ish, that's, it's not fair to call him a one-year wonder because he had an awesome tape before this, but him being considered a number two overall pick, you have to consider these things. These are the variables that you have going back and forth in your head, and it's just whether you believe in the player, you believe they're going to overcome it, or you don't. I believe that Zach Wilson is going to overcome it because I, I think he's got the physical abilities to do so. He just has that mock, like he has moxie. Oh like, no doubt. It it's a it. I know it's one of these things like about it. I know a handful of weeks back. Well, yeah, a handful of weeks back, I mentioned I was talking about um, Tom Brady's aura. I I said mm-hmm. aura, and it made him insane. Kevin next to me, <laughs> I rolled my eyes harder. He, he than could I just he did. couldn't he couldn't deal that I said aura. And I'm like, it, it's something t- intangible. And like like Zach Wilson has moxie. He has that gunslinger. Like I'm gonna fit this ball there because. I know I can do it. And it might it's going to get him in trouble. It will. Sure. But he has that confidence where it's like that he's going to brush it off. 
let me tell you, know, you, I have no doubt. Let me tell you, there are so many variables that exist when it comes to a success story in the NFL that we just cannot measure. And what yeah. you are what you are talking about there is absolutely one of them. As somebody who follows the Tampa Bay Buccaneers very closely, I will tell you without a doubt that those players played better simply because Tom Brady was on their sideline. There were multiple quotes that I read from from defensive and offensive players who were just like, "That's Tom Brady. Like we like like uh, we have him on our sideline." I I've used this analogy before, and I and I like it. So let me use it again. Have you guys seen the movie Troy with Brad Pitt? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. great. Okay. Who hasn't? Right. Oh, all right. So hopefully your listeners out there have, have seen it as well. You know the scene where they're on the boats about to storm the beaches, right? And sure. Achilles, Brad Pitt's character, looks at his boat of 50 men. And he is way in front of the Greek army as they are uh, about to, to to go up to the beaches of Troy and storm the beaches of Troy with hundreds of thousands of Trojan soldiers waiting for them. He's got 50, and he sits there, and he gives these guys a, a, a speech and inspires them so that when they hit the beach, they believe that because they have Achilles, they're going to be fine. They're about to go 50 men versus 100,000 men. And all of them have un, like all the confidence in the world that not only are they going to live, but they're going to win. They're going to win the fight. And it's all because Achilles is there. Achilles makes them believe that that's Tom Brady. That might be Zach Wilson. That is something that you can't teach and that truly makes franchise quarterbacks. That ability to make you say no matter what is in front of us, no matter what that adversity is, no matter who we are playing against, we believe we can win. Because we got Achilles, because we have Russell Wilson, because we have Tom Brady, because we have Zach Wilson, whoever it's going to be. And I think that that's a that's a major part of quarterback evaluation that, you know, you just you never know until they become a pro. Right. Well, it, it helps when the Trojans have Kevin King too. But you you have you have no idea how happy I'm here to, to hear you backing me up about that there is an aura about Tom I feel Brady. Like your problem was the word aura. No, like, it, it's the it's the correct like word. You said I don't know. Aura. He, he put it. So he much has better. it. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't have a. I'm sorry. I didn't have a full Trojan like war <laughs> yeah. analogy for you at the moment. But now I will going forward. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that. I'm sorry. That's perfect. Fine. I mean, that is. That's exactly what it is, but yeah. Um, and, and Trevor, you know, we uh, you know, we want to get to a little bit more too. You know, just a little bit more so our viewers and listeners can, you know, know a little bit more about you. Sure. And you know, we're all much more knowledgeable now. Is you know, with draft talk, I would say after just hearing you for half an hour, and so we're very, you know, grateful for that. But um, the the bar of expertise on this podcast, it, it really is. is. You know, <laughs> this is a tough. This is a tough bit to follow. You know, I was and we don't wanna... listen. If I, I'm I'm the first guest, right? So like, I just have to be mm. now the worst guest. Like the next guest you have to have has well, to be better well, than me and better than me. And then you guys are going to be super famous, and maybe yeah, you'll have well, me. You yeah. maybe you'll have me back on your show one day, and we could talk about it. And maybe you'll have us on yours. See, there and, you go. You know, I mean. You know, you're you're welcome anytime on that, but I like that you you you're setting a very high bar here, Trevor. So <laughs> yeah, really so, appreciate that. So obviously, you know, a big topic outside of football over the last year, you know, was the pandemic, mm -hmm. right? And um, you know, before the before we started tonight, you know, you you know, and anybody that follows you on social media has uh, noticed that you do have a very very cute dog. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and we love dogs here at Ten Thousand mm -hmm. Takes. It's we good. Love dogs. 
Um, you know, I have a golden myself, we but pro nice. dog nice. podcast. We we would firm. love to hear more of you know what kind of dog you have for those that don't follow you and the name of your dog because the name of your dog is about to lead into something I think a little bit more. Okay, all right. So my my little pup, he is about a year old now. Um, my girlfriend and I, we here's the timeline. We moved in together in January. Uh, pandemic happened. At the end of February, we got a dog six weeks later. So it was just like, move in, pandemic, dog. Like everything basically hit all one after the all other. All those boxes. Just I think, check the, them yeah, off. We, you know, we should have just got married like right then, like just to, just to check them all off because we had <laughs> Don't to, let her hear this. Yeah, podcast. don't let her hear, <laughs> don't let her hear that part. We're, we're saving you. She, did, she, doesn't, she doesn't listen to anything I do. It's <laughs> Maybe she does listen to podcasts. I don't know. So we ended up getting a little dog, and uh, I've, I've, I'm a big animal guy. I actually grew up with cats. I've, I've always kind of wanted a dog, but I was also decently allergic. So we found a golden doodle puppy that we got because golden doodles are hypoallergenic. And uh, my cousins actually had one and I was around it for a couple of days and I didn't get allergic, which was a shock because I'm allergic to a lot of dogs, which bummed me out because I really wanted one. And so we find this golden doodle, it's hypoallergenic. We bring him, we, we, we bring him home. He's cute as hell. I mean, it was just over the last year, he has been just the focus of our lives. Uh, he is in our face 24 seven. He has no personal boundaries. Uh, you know, he's just always like, Oh, you guys are sitting on the couch. Now I'm going to sit on you sitting on the couch. And so it's just like, that's, that's, that's basically just our entire life. And his name is a name that my girlfriend and I actually picked out before we even got him because we wanted this to be the name of our dog. And thankfully, the second we saw him, we knew that he'd be perfect for the name. His name is Marvel after all of the movies. I mean, yes, the comics, because the comics are the basis of the movie, but like we're not big comic people, like comic book mm -hmm. people, but we're obsessed with the mcu movies so Amazing. yes that is where his name comes from let's well, see we've got a connection there trevor because i also have a quarantine animal this one happens to be a cat but his name is goose and so he's the kind of uh, like on the side of marvel yeah you see i can tell you already know <laughs> yeah and, and it was the funniest thing because you know my girlfriend she's like okay we're getting a cat like she she is. She's got the notes app on her phone with all the names. Right, she's right, never heard right. In her entire life, and there's a baby one and there's a cat one. We run the cat one. Yeah, and, <laughs> don't and those mixed up. Yeah, and she's like, "What about Goose?" And I and she's not into Marvel, so I was like, "Oh yes, all right, let's do Goose." <laughs> and she, we watched Captain Marvel like a month ago, and she's like, "Oh my god, that's why you said yes." Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have uh, we actually got one of our friends a Flurkin shirt. Something I can't even remember. I can't. <laughs> remember what it said on it but it was something flirking because they have cats and so that's perfect <laughs> do you have a what what is your what is your absolute sorry two two parts yeah what is your absolute favorite you think the best mcu movie and then what is your like what is your like go-to like if you want to put one because like that can be different because sure. sometimes you know you know are you in the mood for something like infinity war endgame that could be a little heavy or do you want something lighthearted? maybe like ragnarok you know right you kind of got to mix it up a little right bit. well i will I mean, Infinity War is basically like the greatest movie ever made. So I, I feel like anytime Thanks. people ask me that question, like, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Like, I can't say Infinity War or Endgame because that's just, that's the obvious answer. They're, they're, yeah. 
masterpiece films. And yeah. I honestly think that Infinity War is, I mean, better than Endgame, but you you can't even you can't even separate them. They're the same. They're the same movie. They're yeah. just one unbelievable movie. Yeah. My favorite non-Infinity War Endgame movie is Winter Soldier. Winter yes. Soldier yes. is an elite film. Start yep. to finish, it's elite. It like takes Captain America's character that was. I mean, like I, I thought Captain America: First Avenger was fine. Like I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie. It's not like I, I had a bad time it's, watching it's the movie. Goofy. I think it's a good, I think it's a good yeah. movie. But Winter mm. Soldier took Cap's character and just like catapulted it into full pun intended. It turned him from the Boy Scout. It like gave him a little bit yes! more, you know, like that that real life personality. Yes. He's not just like the figure you would see on the the war right, propaganda right, films in, right. in in first soldier you know first so, avenger so, so it's like yeah i i love i love winter soldier my top 5 movies my top 5 marvel movies would probably be um, let me make sure I'm not going to forget anything. This is a lot of pressure for yeah, the, for we the, just yeah. the wrong this on you. I love it. Yeah, um, no, I... <laughs> Guardians 1 Civil War Ragnarok, Black Panther, Winter Soldier. That would be my top five in order. And to answer your other question, like what movie do you love pop, like just like popping on and watching mm-hmm. any of the Guardians of the Galaxy, like either, yeah. either of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, you can just throw them on. Doesn't matter like where the movie is. If you're watching on TV, doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you're doing, whether you're fully focused or whether you're cleaning the house or whatever, like that is, I, I feel like the Guardians movies are the ultimate, the ultimate, just like turn on a movie and have fun kind of a marvel movie so so now that you you i noticed you you omitted a good chunk of iron man from there so mm-hmm. am i right in saying that you might be on captain america's side in terms of civil war i yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I'm on, yeah no i'm on i'm i'm on cap side i <laughs> I, right. I went back and forth adam and trevor just became best friends. yes i had a i had a big argument with my friend because he's totally on Iron Man's side. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, and and I'm I mean, it's, I'm, it's pro war I'm not. Criminal, I think I think that Cap is right. I think that Tony. <laughs> I don't think that Tony is wrong. I just think that I'm somebody who has way too much faith in people to think that Tony is right. Because Tony is coming. Tony, it it really is. It's the perfect mix of two people who are good who think they're doing the right thing but are just coming from different places i come from the cat place so um i i i would side with him on on the whole uh civil war argument and and i think that's perfectly sums up because like i i think it's fair to say that like in terms of people i tend to see the good in the people and you're like they're assholes You're, you're saying like everyone's an asshole and like you know, is it is it a Viking Packer fan thing? Innocent I don't know, until maybe. Guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I think it's it's fair, but all right, I like that answer. <laughs> this is a great this is a great interview for, yeah. for my opinions here. I love this. Absolutely. I, I think I think Adam and Trevor need I'm to just, like I'm get, the, get the stepbrothers <laughs> meme going on the did we just become yeah. best friends? Oh. Um you know, and and honestly, Trevor, we, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I know I know we're kinda of running a little late, but you know we're we're so grateful for your time and but we wanted one last little piece here because this is a huge part of number one your social media mm-hmm. following um but us at 10k we have um we have a personality his name is bubba and bubba is a 
you might as well consider him a professional eater. He did a he did a pizza eating contest last night. He ate 21 slices in no. 30 minutes. No. <laughs> yeah. We have the video on our 10,000 takes page if you'd like to watch it. It's you know, it's it's half an hour long, but he he won the challenge as you can imagine. It won competition. Now, so like well, hold up, was he he yeah. was going up against somebody he else? He gave someone an He eight gave someone a full cushion. pizza a full pizza spread. The spread was minus eight slices. Wait, and so, he, okay, was was the competition who could eat the most slices or who could eat the most slices in, like, a certain time? Who could eat the most slices in, of 7th Avenue pizza, frozen pizza, in 30 minutes? And he ate 21 slices, eight slices per pizza, so over two and a half pizzas. I believe he won by 11 slices. He I think won by 11. Tally. He gave him an eight-slice spread, mm. so he technically won by three. Yeah. Holy mother of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that, that kind of leads us into our last point. So um, you are very, very big on the hashtag of three sides minimum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, can, can we get, before we get going, can, can you give us a brief rundown of sure. how that came about, what it is? Because some of our viewers and listeners might not even know what it is. Yeah. But three sides minimum is a movement. <laughs> Barbecue is something that everyone across the country, no matter where you live, can experience because there's a lot of different types of barbecue and it's kind of spread out throughout the country. And barbecue is a certainly a cuisine of its own. And I did not have any agenda when I began doing this. But as I have gone around to different barbecue places, one, I've noticed this anytime it was like dinner time or lunchtime. And I said to myself, like, I'm eating barbecue. Like calories don't matter. Like I like the price tag does not matter. Like I'm just I'm not even thinking about it. I walk into a barbecue place and I go, this is all I'm thinking about for the next hour. You know, like that I I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about anything else. Like I'm just enjoying wonderful barbecue because like that is the heart and soul of the actual food and kind of what barbecue is all about. So the way that three sides minimum started is there are so many great barbecue places around the country, but it's even more than just Carolina style, Alabama style, Texas style, Kansas city style. Like those are the, I think the the trees of where you could be eating your barbecue or the style of barbecue you could be having. But I've also noticed that the pit masters or the cooks, the chefs themselves also have their own homegrown recipes or little things that they throw in there. And it's not always with meat, right? Because like sweet barbecue sauce or dry rub or spicy barbecue sauce, that often dominates like pulled pork or ribs or brisket. And that's kind of like a lot of that is, I don't want to say similar because that sounds like it's not unique or special, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's not a lot that places do different with the meats, but the sides, that's where places can get really creative with like, oh, my grandmother had a banana pudding recipe that's to die for, or my wife makes the greatest mac and cheese of all time, or we have the best baked beans you will ever try. And so the reason why I do three sides minimum, and anytime that I go to a barbecue place, I'll always take a picture of it, and I'll always hashtag three sides minimum, is not only to shout out a beautiful plate of food that I have in front of me, but also because if you go to your barbecue place, a plate, if you will, a plate that you would order often comes with one meat, two sides, and a biscuit. Everybody's probably got their two favorite sides that they always go to with barbecue, right? I mean, if you just go like, hey, I'm a mac and cheese and a baked beans guy. 
then you're always going to just get mac and cheese and baked beans if you just order the plate that comes with one meat and two sides. But if you expand your mind a little bit, if you expand your horizons of your order and you say, okay, I am going to make myself order three, that means that you can still get the two sides of barbecue that you love, that you know that you want the most, the mac and cheese and the, and the baked beans. But then if you see something, if you see them making something, you go, damn, they look they look like they do coleslaw really well. Or like, oh, man, they really look like they do that side of corn really well. Like something like that, that frees you to then be able to try what might be the specialty of a barbecue place that you may never go to again or that you maybe can – a taste you can only have there. And so – the three sides minimum movement at its core is all about just freeing yourself to try the best and the most homegrown recipes of a cuisine that is very special and very unique at every different place you go. So that's kind of how it started. If y'all out there ever want to do this and you want to tag me at Tampa Bay Trey, hashtag three sides minimum, take a picture of your barbecue. I will absolutely see it, quote, tweet it, retweet it, interact with you. I'm always I'm always doing that with different kinds of food. So that is how Three Sides Minimum began. Yeah, and uh, I, I know the other day I sent you that one of the Minnesota barbecue. Yes. And uh, oh, I, yes. I, 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 I told you, hey, and the offer stands. If, if you ever come up to Minnesota, we here will take you out. Our treat. Deal. Anytime. Deal. Uh, it, 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 looks, it looks awesome. But, yeah, no, it's – that looked no, it, that looked cool, amazing. That one looked very amazing. very cool. Very cool movement. Uh, we got to get Bubba up there too. Yes, yeah, we are yeah. firm believers in the three side minimum. I mean, I, you can't go wrong with an an extra side. There like, he is. You said, there it is. You get you get pigeonholed. You get pigeonholed. You're two. You're like I want. I personally, I'm a coleslaw guy. I like coleslaw. You know, I, I have to try it. If especially if a place says we got great coleslaw, I'm like. That's one of my sides. And I'm like, well, now what do I want to do with my last mm-hmm. one? Usually I'll do beans or something, maybe if they have a great mac and cheese. But I don't want to have to pick and choose, negate, you know, lose one. Well, that's that's so. the difference between us, to, again, is that I see a place is like, we have the best coleslaw. I'm like, oh, yeah, prove it. Yeah. <laughs> but now I get to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I said, like that's another one of the many cool things that that you were just, you know, so well-versed in. Like, I mean – I know, and barbecue is a world of its own. It like, is. It is yes. something that they, you go to Kansas City. It's completely different from from down south, from from in any of the Carolinas. I right. Mean, from from the Midwest. I mean, we 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 like to say we can do some good barbecue, and some places can, but that you know, it's not going to be the same as some places. And right. There's so many different variations, and that's so cool. Just gives you the chance to try some really good food. That's all. Absolutely. It's about. Well, I know, I know you said we uh, we're, we're running a little long here, so I, I I I cannot appreciate enough or say how much we are so appreciative of this interview and just the fact that you're taking the time out of your day. I know with the draft coming up with free agency, it's a busy time. I mean, especially with a certain team out in New England that have been very very active. Uh, it seems like every day we get a new update from. Yeah. From Shefty or from someone. Bill's but, been uh, at it. Bill's been in yeah, his bag. No doubt. Yeah, in terms of the salary cap <laughs> off. Nike the dog. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's Bill's wine insane. drunk and he's got the credit card right now. Yeah. He's just going. Um, but I, I just want to, again, give you another shout out. Uh, please, please follow uh, Trevor Sigma at Tampa Bay Trey. Follow the Draft Network. Uh, if you are any bit interested in being a GM and, and trying to be a fake GM and just doing mock drafts, Go to the Draft Network. Use their tools. I mean, their, their website's incredible. And a personal endorsement for those of us who 
aren't as knowledgeable as we'd like to be, it really helps us fake it. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Read a couple so articles. There. Read, read a, a handful of articles. I know you are extremely active on there. Uh, read anything by Trevor. It's you're not. It's not. It, you're going to be better for it. You will be more knowledgeable about the sport you love for it. Yeah, and and thank you again, Trevor. I know you know this this interview has been a, a couple months in the in the works. And, yeah, you know you're you're patient with us and very communicative. You know, and the communication was great. And we hope that you know you um, enjoyed the interview talking with us as much as we mm-hmm. enjoyed it with you. And um, you know we're fans of you, and hopefully uh, you and the Draft Network will eventually be fans of us as as we get moving. And you know it, we had a great time. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah, it was a blast. Guys, uh, I, no, I just wanted to say this is fantastic. Y'all have an awesome product. You got an awesome podcast. You guys got great chemistry. It was a blast being uh, being in the fourth chair for you guys on this episode. And so I really do. I really appreciate you having me, not, uh, me on. I know that it was, like Chris, said, a, a couple months in the making trying to make schedules work, but I'm glad that we did it. Didn't know I was going to be the first guest. I didn't know I was, yeah. I was holding it up that much, but uh, I appreciate, I appreciate yeah. the honor there, and I really do appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Trevor Sikama. Again, senior NFL writer for the Draft Network, co-host of Locked On NFL Draft. You can find him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, let's close things out. We haven't talked about things yet with a lot of coach hirings. There were seven new NFL coaches. Yeah, um, and I think in the future we're probably going to break those down in a little bit more detail. Yeah, but, but for it's these, been so long. We're gonna we're gonna talk about these kind of quickly. So. <laughs> Can we start with the Lions, please? Yeah, let's start okay, with the Lions. Thank God. <laughs> so, so the Lions will stay in division. They hired New Orleans Saints assistant head coach slash tight ends coach Dan Campbell. Uh I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. This, he's a fall guy, right? Like he has to be a, a a tank for suck for a few years to get some draft capital guy. Right? So, as a Dolphins fan, he was actually our interim coach. Really? He was. Wow. Uh, recent, you recent hire him as the head coach. <laughs> I, I know you can't believe that. Um, I don't know what they were thinking. Was right? this when you fired, uh, uh, what's his name? I think we fired Philbin. Philbin, yeah. Dan, fired... Dan, Dan, Dan Philbin? Uh, Joe. Joe. Joe Philbin. Joe so Philbin. <laughs> my, but I will tell you, I will tell you right now that everything that came from the beat report uh, the beat reporters and the beat writers over those next like six or seven, whatever the time frame was, everybody wanted to run through a wall for this guy. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, like he sparked, he sparked a little bit of a fire up their ass and um, he got him in gear for a little bit. And, you know, he's, he's one of those reasons that, you know, Miami ended up moving up the draft pick and we didn't get an earlier draft pick because I think Dan Campbell's presence and his attitude really fired the team up. Now, is that sustainable? Absolutely not. No, I mean, he, I mean he's I definitely want to a third choice. He's de- he's definitely a third choice guy. Yeah, like I they were very public about wanting Robert Sala, who we'll we'll get to, and they wanted Jim Harbaugh, who ended up signing an extension with Michigan. Like uh, he was like, all right, well, to have him for a couple of years, let him kind of talk the talk about biting kneecaps and like you know win four or five games a year. Like, is he really, and especially with the getting of Jared Goff, like, well, it's hilarious because you got a new head coach and you have a new quarterback who could not be less alike. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Goff has never even thought he about it. He has the personality of a wet napkin. I yeah. mean, Jared Goff is just, and Dan Campbell is a napkin on fire. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that 
It's an interesting move. I don't really give it that great. I, I it, it's a good palate cleanser. I think like to move on from the shit that was uh, yeah. uh what's his face from New England. Uh, well, well, Patricia. Patricia, Patricia yeah, yeah. Matt Patricia, the pencil boy. Well, and like, right. I, I like it. My my only reservation is that, you know, my team's got 106 kneecaps, and I'd like none of them to get bit, so <laughs> I'm a little hesitant, but I love the enthusiasm. Yeah, you got two games a year against that and those kneecap biters. Uh, another <laughs> one, um, I already mentioned it before. Jets, New England Jets hired San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. I love the, I love that signing. It's I, it's very good. It, it's it's what they need. They do need that after, especially after Adam Gase. It, it disappoints me um, because I am a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Be, with the mm. Jets being in the division, I thought that they would totally fuck it up again by taking someone offensive minded like Gaze. Um, I was even hoping Gaze might get his job back after winning two games towards the end of the year, <laughs> but that's a pipe dream. Uh, Tank yeah. part Sala, two. Sala is going to be a great coach, yeah. and you know with. With the amount of picks they have, two in the first round, and you they know, just signed Corey Davis, Corey, da- and and obviously having the number two pick in the draft—that's yeah, a, a lot huge, of options, a huge advantage. So, yeah. uh, the Jets' future is looking up, but it would look a lot better if they uh, tanked a little bit harder to get Trevor. Yeah, another team with that you would think would be in a, g- a good spot to take with a franchise quarterback, uh, Houston Texans signed David Culley. He uh Ooh. exactly. <laughs> he uh Baltimore Ravens assistant head coach slash wide receivers coach slash passing game coordinator. What part of Baltimore wasn't very good? <laughs> their uh... passing game, right? Right? I think so. And and their wide receivers. Ah. Well when you talk about Houston in general, <laughs> oh. I mean the head coach is the tip of the iceberg. Thoughts and prayers, emphasis on the prayers to all Houston Texans fans because all it's getting Houston weird. fans, all Houston sports fans, yeah, fair. It's the fair. exodus us, of the Rockets. I mean, I, oh jeez, us Miami Dolphins fans are incredibly grateful <laughs> for the Houston Texans. <laughs> I mean, that that's I, way to, what a way to piss off and run a franchise quarterback. Granted, he did say it wouldn't matter who they hired, like if they hired Eric Bieniemy, which by the way. Maybe Eric Bieniemy just wants to coach Patrick Mahomes because he's signed a ten-year deal, and Andy Reid probably this, won't coach. This is a Josh McDaniel situation, year, right? For like sure. Eric yeah. Bieniemy is just going to be the, the new head coach apparent. of the Chiefs mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Like that's I don't want Andy Reid to retire ever because sure. I love watching him and that walrus of a face and him wearing a mask was the the funniest thing ever. My girlfriend wearing despised is a really it. Strong word. <laughs> she for what couldn't. He was she doing with that she mask. thought she every time she'd see it, be like, oh, it's so gross. And I'm like, I it like he's chewing gum. He, needs, he can't have it right <laughs> up on his face. He's got a massive mustache in there. It's a lot of room. Doesn't understand. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what the Texans are doing. Um, another team that I think does know what they're doing, Jacksonville Jaguars. They pried out Urban Meyer out of retirement. I, for one, am shocked that Urban Meyer didn't stay retired. <laughs> His back, man. It, it was, you only need a couple years though. off. It got better. He, he couldn't. He, he misses the game, man. His back is allergic to allegations of misconduct, and they're gone <laughs> oh. now. And so, hey, hey, he's back. he can pay his players now. He can pay his players. <laughs> In fact, he's publicly encouraged <laughs> yeah, to pay his players. Yeah, exactly. So it's fine. And, you know, I, I, 
I don't know, like them getting Trevor Lawrence and a, the most cap space. Well, I, I like it. They're gonna be a I'm, new team. Yeah, yeah. I'm an agent yeah. of chaos. Yeah, and they're this is a chaos. brand new team. I this mean, is absolutely, no one knows what's gonna happen next, the, except for Trevor Lawrence. The two tone helmets are long gone. They don't have to worry about those ugly bring, monstrosities. Bring them, bring them back. Fuck it. No, <laughs> I mean they're they're committing to the the teal. I mean it's Duval County is happy. I mean they're excited. I, I would be too. I mean, Urban Meyer is. We'll see if his game can kind of translate now to the NFL, um, and see if because he he's a big culture guy. He's a big, you know, rah rah kind of get everyone to buy in kind of guy. But we'll see. I mean, Pete Carroll made it work in Seattle. Um, you know, it worked out for him. He's that kind of motivator, kind of a coach. And Jags need something. They need something. Yeah, I, I'm hoping for the best. Honestly. I think the AFC South is going to be the most interesting division to watch. Like no the, doubt. Like it's going to be. I I I, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens yeah, in that old division. It's going to be fun. Carson Wentz fun. In, in Indy back with Frank Reich. Interesting got, in the way that the Titanic was really interesting yeah, when it hit that iceberg. I guess. I mean, you know, <laughs> the Titans are always who knows the Mike Vrabel talking about cutting off his dick. You know, if they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> He, he said you didn't know oh, that. He said that. Yeah, he That's said if, if we win a Super happened. Bowl, this is when they went to the AFC Championship game. It was that year. I'm, I'm looking. This and thing. he lost on yeah. purpose. <laughs> yeah, because he wanted to keep it. Yeah, that's exactly. It wasn't that Patrick Mahomes just went like God mode. It's fine. Um, another one, kind of shocking, um, but kind of not at the same time. Uh, L.A. Chargers. They signed Brandon Staley. Previous role was uh, with Los Angeles Rams as the defensive coordinator. Brandon Staley, I don't know if I've seen a coordinator have such a meteoric rise of like hot list, like item, like for head coaching jobs mm-hmm. because of how good their defense was. And like, I mean, he was their only defensive coordinator one year, but right. it didn't matter. I mean, yeah. And they traded away all their draft capital for the next five years to yeah. get the two of the better players defensively in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But no shit he's going to do well, you know? I mean, you, when you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on the same defense. Right. Uh, like, what it, do you expect? It, it makes you wonder, like, all right, well, now, but see, it's not like the Chargers are without defensive weapons. You know, Derwin James, uh, Casey Hayward. Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Not Casey Hayward anymore. Not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Not anymore but, but Melvin Ingram, possibly, if they bring him back. But. Right. You know, this like, seems like a Chiefs move. This seems like we need to stop the Chiefs from scoring on us a million times. Move. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, especially now that you have Justin Herbert, like you're like, all right, we have a quarterback that can put up points. Uh, now we just need to figure out about stopping some points. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I don't hate it, but I liked eh. Anthony Lynn, but the clock management and some of the decision making was a little too troublesome for me. I like the part where he tried to kill Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> not great. Uh, another one, the Atlanta Falcons signed or hired Arthur Smith, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. They're I like addicted it. to Arthur's. I, I like it too. I mean, I, it's a common thing. Like I like a lot of the coaching decisions minus like maybe two or three, but majority of them I like, I, I think that could be good. Um, depends on what they want to do at four. I know we talked about before earlier in the episode here. About whether they go on, move on from Matt Ryan, or find the next quarterback, but I don't think they need to. I, you know, there's yeah, there there's a lot of routes they can go. I mean, they, they need defense Julio, help. You still they, have Calvin. I mean, you could honestly make a case at damn near any position 
I mean, you can make a case for Kyle Pitts at tight end. You can make a case for a receiver. You can make a case for an offensive lineman, defense. Honestly, God, like the the Falcons don't have like a surefire position that they are set at. Yeah. I mean, with the exception, I I guess because if you want to make a comment about receiver, like they, yes, they have Julio and they have Calvin Ridley, but and Russell Gage had his moments when he had to, but health is an issue with those two guys, Calvin every Ridley and Julio. Year. It's every few games. I it's have like, on my oh, fantasy. There's team a hammy every year, you know, and <laughs> I I think it that that's something that you and Julio's not getting younger, you know. I I, I think he's probably has a lot of a handful of years of elite years still left but yep can he stay on the field that's a question running game not really there i mean todd Gurley is a he's you know he's got arthritis in the knees he's not he's which not is great. which is really unfortunate yeah i mean the guy was an elite nfl player yeah i mean but he just talk, talk about elite, I mean, he was he was unstoppable yeah he's only going to give you though i mean probably 13 14 games 700 yards, maybe yeah. eight touchdowns, seven touchdowns, yeah. 10 to 15 touches a game at this point. He's not going to give you, he's not, he's not that guy anymore. And it's unfortunate, but it happens. Um, like most running backs, he has aged like a fine milk. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, he, I, I think Arthur Smith will be fine. I mean, if what he did with Tannehill can translate any bit to finding Matt Ryan's MVP form again, or somewhat close to that, you know, it, they could they could do some damage, especially with the Saints in a transition period. The Panthers looking for a new quarterback. The Bucks having, you know, they just won a Super Bowl, yes. But, you know, after next year, they probably won't have the same core because of some cap issues. And, you oh, know. Time will be washed by then. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I know, for sure. <laughs> and and the, last, the last one is the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. They signed Nick Sirani, the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator. Household name. Um, the Colts had such a great offense. That- I'm always intrigued about teams signing offensive coordinators when the head coach is the play caller. Like Frank Reich was the play clearly, caller. Clearly. Too. is the clear play caller. And they signed this guy. I'm like, when I first heard that, I'm like, is he like some random person in the in in the Patriots maybe or – or some random Someone guy in that's the like office, related to McVay, like a quarterback coach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where did he come from? Right. But like, no, like he. All right, I guess he's he's an offensive coordinator. But like, I don't, I don't really know. And I think it's funny that like now that he got there, Carson Wentz leaves to go to Indy, um, which I think is great for Carson Wentz. Hell yeah! But I I don't know if like what are they going to do? Are they are they committing Jalen Hurts? I don't know. It sounds like it at the moment, but I mean, come draft night, if the opportunity presents itself, I mean, are you really gonna? I mean, they're at are you, six. Are, are you really gonna like tie your anchor down to Jalen Hurts when when you have like Trey a Lance guy will like be Trey, on the board? He, he will be on the board at six, right? I mean, and he very well could be, and he I mean, should be if, if he if he is. Are you gonna tie your anchor down to Jalen Hurts when you have that opportunity in front of you? When like he was, Jalen's was a second round pick. He was, yeah, you he over, was. You were drafted him in the first place. He was fine, but sure, a-, a lot of accuracy issues. Like he, like yeah, he gives you the athletic upside, right? But is he your long term option? They also need some serious fucking help at receiver. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And they drafted a guy in the first round last year, <laughs> which is even worse. <laughs> I mean, 
And they they're getting rid of Ertz, and I mean they haven't they haven't hit on a receiver in God knows how long. Thank you, Eagles, for drafting Jalen Rieger, right? Um, and letting Justin Jefferson come to us. Well, the saving grace of the Eagles is that they get to play in the NFC East. So who knows? Right. You have no idea about the NFC East. It's the dumpster fire of the NFL, and it has been for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- we just wanted to go through the the major, the, all the head coaching decisions. We're obviously we're in the midst of free agency. We're gonna have another full on free agency discussion and episode. Uh, we have an exciting interview coming up. Uh, I believe it's in the works with a former Gopher kicker. Uh, we'll let you figure that one out. It's really tough. Um, and but like I said, we were we were so lucky to and excited to talk with Trevor Sikama, and he took the time, and it was a great interview, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, thanks again for listening to another episode of Third and Forever, presented by Ten Thousand Takes. Go to their website at 10ktakesmn.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you just search 10K Takes. Also find us on Twitter at third underscore forever 10K. We post our episodes each week as well as all free agency news. I mean, anything we're reacting to it, we're posting on it. Find us on there. Um, you can find links to me, Christian, and Kevin on there as well. Um Christian, I want to thank you for being on for the first time. I mean, this is this has been great. I, I think it's been fun just sitting down. I get bored of Kevin sometimes. I feel like we get annoyed of each other sometimes. I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> and so it's nice to have a third a third voice, a third opinion. I don't no, know. I, I'm I'm very grateful that you guys had me on. Thank you. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Trevor was Trevor was 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 more than we could ask for tonight. Yeah. And you know, if you if you're feeling up for it. Hit up the draft network and uh, do your own mock draft, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's I mean, that's go, my favorite part. Yeah, go to the draftnetwork.com. Um, do mock drafts. I mean, just just keep doing them. That's how I pass the time. I mean, that makes me feel better as someone as a fan. You'll sound a little smarter. Yeah. when you're around your buddies. Exactly, that's, that's the key. You know that that's the biggest thing that you could take away is. Oh, they fucking drafted Christian Barmore at forty. Who's that? Well, yeah, yeah, he's this guy. He's an interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Sweet, How do you know that? Sweet inter- in, in yeah. interior defensive lineman. He's very, good. Um, very good. But yeah, so like I said, um, go to the Draft Network. Follow Trevor Sikama at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, find us at Third Underscore Forever Ten K. Uh, again, this has been another episode of Third and Forever, presented by Ten Thousand Takes. I've been your host. Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ohm. Thanks for listening. Kevin, final words. We haven't talked about it yet, but Red Rocket! Red Rocket!